Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Did you know that Jesus has instructed us to actually love and pray for our enemies? How often do you pray for those who have mistreated you? Do you have a heart that wants to see everyone blessed, regardless of how they have treated you? Let's open now to Matthew chapter 5 and see what the Lord has for us. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. I hope everyone had a, a wonderful Christ-filled and Christ-centered Christmas. And uh, I mean, let's just keep rolling with that. Let's just keep rolling with just, uh, you know, keeping our minds on Jesus, our, our thoughts on Jesus, our hearts on Jesus, on knowing Jesus, on obeying Jesus, on loving Jesus. And and uh, importantly, uh, helping others to do all those things, you know, helping others to know Christ and to love Christ and, and, uh, and to obey Christ. So golly, where are we today? Today is, uh, today is Monday, the, uh, what is it, December 28th. So what do we have? Three more days left of, uh, of 2020. It's been quite a year. Golly, I'm sure there are testimonies uh, just everywhere, just abounding about uh, about different things. It's just a year that the Lord has allowed us to uh, to deal with this uh, with the coronavirus and and just the massive ramifications of that, and just uh, so many people have been affected by it. Mercy, Lord Jesus. I uh, um, quick testimony on. On Saturday, I was I was having breakfast with my wife May, and we were at a we were at a diner, and the, I think the owner came by and uh, and said, "Hey, you know, you know," <laughs> he said, "Why don't you go ahead and give blood while you're here?" And uh, he was he was somewhat bold, and uh, <laughs> and I chuckled and I said, "Well, I don't know," but I uh, I went outside, and you ever seen that? You know that that camper, that massive long RV, you know, that they collect the blood in. And so I was sitting at the table, him and hawing, and well, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I figured, well, you might as well, right. Our, our blood, um, can be good for something. You remember that it was the, the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross that allowed us to come into relationship with God, our father, by removing all of our sin, by forgiving and removing all of our sin from us. And that blood of Jesus is, is what we trust in his shed blood, the shedding of his blood, which represents his dying on our behalf for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul reconciled us into relationship with God as our father. If you've received Jesus Christ today and you've trusted in what he did for you and his death for you and the blood he shed for you at the cross and those nails that he took in his hands for you and in his feet for you, 
If you've trusted in him, then, then his blood has, has, has paid the price and your sins have been forgiven and removed and, and God the Father is your heavenly Father and Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior and your Master and your King and the, the Holy Spirit is your, is your comforter and your guide. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, our blood has no use for any of that at all. Our blood is tainted, unfortunately, and, uh, and sin lives in our blood. And therefore, it cannot be used for, for any good regarding uh, spiritual matters, right? It's only the blood of Christ, the pure, sinless blood of Christ that is effective for the forgiveness of sins and the salvation of our soul. However, you know, our blood can be used to, to help other people who, who need blood, apparently. Um, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot about how it works, but uh, so I went into that door and, uh, and there were three lovely ladies in there, Shannon, Holly, and Essence. Uh, she, you see how I did that? She, the acronym, she, Shannon, Holly and Essence were three wonderful ladies that uh, that walked me through the process, and pretty soon you're sitting in the chair, and the blood is going down through the tubes, and they, I mean, they 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 knock out pow 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 pow, they knock out like five tubes so that they can go test you for everything in the world, which I guess makes sense because you know your blood is going to be given to another person, so they want to make sure it's you know it doesn't have any issues or anything. But anyway, it was pretty neat and clean. The whole thing took about an hour and uh, I was out and on my way. So thank you so much, Miss Shannon and, uh, and Holly and Miss Essence. Uh, you guys were, were wonderful and it, uh, and it was a good experience. And, uh, and Lord willing, you know, my blood and anyone who gives blood, um, your blood can be used again uh, to be a blessing. Um, but as I said, not to be confused with the amazing, pure, perfect shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom is everything. In Jesus is everything, every blessing, everything in life flows in and through the cross of Jesus Christ. All of human life is utterly worthless without Jesus. Without Jesus, nothing matters. There is no meaning in life. There is no God. There is no nothing without Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that, that uh, the Bible clearly teaches that God is represented in a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it's God the Son who became a human man for you and I and lived a perfect life for you and I, and died a perfect death, shedding his blood on the cross for you and I, that if we would trust in him, that we would be saved from our sin. And God the Father would become our heavenly Father. So if you haven't done that today, if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, go ahead right now and pray, Lord Jesus, just pray to him. Just say, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinful person. I know I've done wrong. And I do believe, Jesus, that you lived a, 
a perfect life for me. And I do believe you shed your blood and died a perfect death for me, Jesus. And I believe you're alive and risen. Therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone as my only Lord and Savior. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. And that's how you become a Christian, is, is, is relying on Jesus Christ and trusting in Christ and calling out to him and professing and confessing your faith in him. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus. Today we're going to do... Uh, we're just going to do six verses, Matthew chapter 5, the last six verses. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, and 48. Matthew 5, verses 43 to 48. We're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to invite the Lord into our time, and uh, we'll get rolling. Well, Father, we do thank you for your mercy and favor and goodness on our lives. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word of God, Father. And, and Father, as always, above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. We ask you to open our eyes and give us eyes that see and ears that hear as we study your word. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, Matthew 5, verses 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First question we always ask ourselves is, why is this in the Bible, Dustin? Why is this in the Bible? Uh, it's not just here, you know, for us to read the words. It's not just here to tell us a good story. Romans 15, 4 says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us and instruct us. It wasn't just written to, you know, to be an interesting story or to read interesting words. It's here for you and for me to instruct us and to teach us. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11 says that these things are written as examples for us. So, when we look at this, we want to see what is the example for us in here? What is the instruction for us? So um, that's why we go through these verses the way we do and break them down slowly and carefully and, uh, and chew on them and see what they have for, for, uh, for all of us. Verse 43. This is Jesus speaking. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, it's important to understand that nowhere in the Bible did it say to hate your enemy. Okay, that was a that was a saying at the time. It was often a saying that was made by the religious leaders, which was to say, 
um, you know, love your fellow Jews and hate everybody else. Uh, this is not found in the Old Testament. Okay. Um, we're not told to hate anybody. The only thing we're told to hate is sin. And, and we would do all well. We would all do well to hate sinful living and sinful thinking in our lives a little bit more. But never does the scripture tell us to hate our enemy. So when Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, you know, it was a saying of that time, often by religious leaders, but it was never of God. It was never in the word of God. So, you know, Jesus is cleaning up some of these, uh, some of the sayings of his day. And, you know, there are sayings of our day that need to be cleaned up, right? There are things that we say that just, that just aren't in the Bible. You know, God helps those who help themselves, not in the Bible, right? Now, there is no question that if you live an obedient life to Jesus Christ, that the blessing of Lord, uh, the blessing of the Lord will be on you in a way that if you live disobediently, it will not. But, but all of us are massive objects of mercy before our God and Father. Uh, meaning that we just, we need immense amount of mercy. When you receive mercy, that means you're not getting punishment that you deserve. That I am not getting punishment that I actually deserve. And, and all of us are massive objects of mercy. Hence why we desperately need Jesus. So... That saying is, is not in the Bible. Just like this one, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That wasn't in the Bible. The people were saying it. Uh, let me give you another one. Uh, don't talk to talk, walk to walk. Not in the Bible. Okay. You need to talk to talk and walk to walk. And if you're walking, if you're not walking with Jesus as much as you're talking about Jesus, don't stop talking about him. Keep talking about him, Dustin, but start walking with him a little bit more. And if you're doing well in walking with him, but you rarely, if ever, talk about Jesus, well, keep walking with Jesus as you're doing, but start talking about him a little bit more, okay? So you don't ever stop talking about Jesus, okay? So there's another saying, don't talk to talk, walk to walk. Not in the Bible, Okay. Do both. And whatever one you're not doing, and if you're not doing either, go to the Lord and repent and say, Jesus, you know, I ask you to help me to, to be more bold and to speak about you more. And, and Lord, I ask you to forgive me just for these areas of my life where I'm not living for you, Lord, but I'm, I'm really living in a, in, a, in a worldly and self-serving way. And, and ask them to forgive you and repent. You want to do both. And so uh, here was a saying in Jesus' name, but just wasn't true. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And uh, there'll be a note there in your Bible that um, some of the later manuscripts have blessed those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who persecute you. Just, just think about that. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus corrects the, the ridiculous saying, and he says very clearly that you are to love your enemies. And your enemy is, is obviously, you know, someone who is, uh, 
who is at odds with you, someone who is contrary to you, someone who is disrespectful to you, someone who isn't thoughtful to you, someone who isn't helpful to you, okay? Um, someone who is mistreating you, someone who has betrayed you, someone who has been unfaithful to you. Oh, no. And these are the real words, but I tell you, love your enemies. Look at this. Bless those who curse you. It almost seems unreal, doesn't it? Bless those who curse you. So when people are, 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 are just speaking poorly of you, even cursing you, you don't curse in return. You, you bless them. No matter how poorly someone speaks about you or I, we ought not do the same in return. This is a, uh, a tremendous Christian virtue that very few, a minute, almost none, very, 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 very few Christians practice this. Um, it's so hard, right? When people consistently speak poorly of us, but yet we are called to not only not speak poorly to them, but to speak well of the things they do well. Think about that. Someone's pointing out everything you ever do wrong. All you do is point out whatever they do right. <laughs> yeah, that's like some kind of grown-up Christian, right? Bless those who curse you. Lord Jesus, we need so much help in this. We have failed so badly in this, Lord. We ask you to forgive us, Lord. Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us in this, Lord. Just this loving our enemies. Help us to bless those who curse us. Do good to those who hate you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to do good to those who hate us and to pray for those who persecute us. And he's going to go on here and, and, and say we want to do this because it's what our Heavenly Father does. You see down in verse 45, it says, and pray for those who persecute you, verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So our, our Heavenly Father practices this every moment of every day of all time, right? It says that, that he causes his son, the son, uh, to rise on the evil and the good. And the sun is a mercy to us. You know, the big yellow ball in the sky that just fires off all that heat. We have that by the mercy of our Father, of our God and Father. And the rain, he sends us rain. He blesses us with rain. These things aren't just accidents. They're not big cosmic coincidences. All these things come by the mercy of our Heavenly Father. And uh, good people and bad people, evil and good, the sun in the heavens, right, shines down and gives them warmth and comfort and blessing. And the same with all the blessings that come from the rain, right? There are literally hundreds of thousands of blessings, right? If it stopped raining, we all die. If the sun stops shining, we're done. And yet, you know, your father gives these blessings 
and my Heavenly Father gives us these blessings, all the blessings that come from the Son, Jesus said, and from the rain, he gives to people who are evil and good, righteous and unrighteous. And so this is what we're supposed to do, right? Now, <laughs> I can't, for some reason, he didn't say, but I tell you, um, bless those who are a tremendous blessing to you. Do good to those who always do good to you. Pray for those who treat you just so well and so nice all the time, Scott. He didn't tell us that. And the obvious reason is what? Because that's easy, right? It's easy for us to, to be loving to those who are loving to us. It's very easy for us to want to pray for those who have been so good to us. It's easy to bless those who bless us and do good to those who are good to us. But, so Jesus doesn't even, he just bypasses that if you notice. Now let's go come back around in verse 46. But pray for those who persecute you. Okay? So wherever you are today, in whatever fashion or manner that you've been mistreated, you feel you've been mistreated or ill-used. Um, you really do. You want, in, in, inherent in this is forgiveness, right? So uh, the most important virtue in the Christian life is forgiveness. Why? Because we've been forgiven an overwhelming debt of sin in Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sin debt is so immense that there's not a sin in this world, there's not a way we've been mistreated that we cannot and should not be forgiving. And truly forgiving, not just in words, okay? Forgiveness is always shown in her actions, okay? Part of the problem when, we're, when we have a hard time forgiving is we don't realize just really, really how much we have been hurtful to other people. If you have a hard time forgiving today, what you want to remember is that you have hurt other people as well. Certainly, probably in different ways and at different times and in different manners. But, but you have been hurtful and mean and thoughtless, as have I. We all have been. So forgiveness ought to be the most natural aspect of our Christian life. But unfortunately, it's not. So all of these things really come out of forgiveness, right? To love your enemies, you have to forgive them. Remember what Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. And if someone is being mean to you or, or, or misspeaking about you or whatever they're doing, you just you want to show them love. You want to pray for them and ask for the blessing of, of Jesus on their lives, right? Now, again, you don't want to make a show of this. You don't want to look at him and say, I'm just going to pray for you because you're so backward, right? You want to lovingly go and in private walk and, and pray for them and, and, uh, and, and forgive them. And uh, I say, if, uh, if we can learn this, if, if you and I can learn these qualities, uh, you know, I have such a long way to go in them, but we can, uh, we can really grow. We will grow to impact our world in a powerful way. These verses are overwhelming. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Help us, Holy Spirit. 
Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Um, when you do this, you're acting like, like children of your heavenly Father. You're, you're emulating your heavenly Father. And as, and as Christians, um, that ought to be the goal of our life, is to be like our heavenly Father. Look at these five words. Verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Actually, that's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, that's ten words. Um, the goal of our lives is we want to be like our Father. Now, to be like our Father, we just need to look at Jesus, because Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? So you want to be like Jesus, and the more like Jesus you are, the more you'll be like your Father in heaven because they're both obviously God, um, as well as the Holy Spirit. They're perfect. They do everything right. And and in the last part of this, the last verse here, which people are often confused about, you know, we're going to get to that when he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He means it. It's not just a high ideal. Jesus is not just saying, I know that you're not going to be able to do this, da 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 Nope. He means it, okay? Now, obviously, we know we're not perfect. But when Jesus said it, he meant it. Our problem is the first thing we always say when we hear this verse is we give all kinds of reasons why we're not perfect and why we can't be perfect instead of saying, you know, Lord, I do want to grow to be more and more and more and more. And Lord, my heart would be to do everything right and to live for Jesus in every way. And that needs to be our heart. But when the first thing we say is, well, ain't nobody perfect. Of course, we know no one's perfect. We know no one's sinless. But when Jesus said, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, he meant it. He meant that this should be the goal of your life, that in everything we do, we want to do it the way Jesus does it, the way our heavenly father does it, led by the Holy Spirit. Um, as sons and daughters of our heavenly father, we, we reflect him. Does that make sense? So when you love your enemies, when you bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who persecute you, forgive everyone. When you truly do these things, you're reflecting the love of your heavenly father, uh, that he has even on those that, that are contrary to him. Our heart is to love the world that just, that, that rebels against our Heavenly Father, that hates God, that, that hates Jesus. Uh, our heart is to see them come to Jesus and get the forgiveness that's available in Jesus. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Father, we ask you to help us to be your sons and daughters, to reflect your goodness and your mercy and your love in every aspect of our lives. Thank you, Father. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. There ought to be aspects of our lives where we're going to be a blessing regardless of whether the person deserves it or not, has earned it or not, okay? Now, there ought to be common mercy in our lives and grace in our lives. Now, at the same time, obviously, the more obedient we are, the bigger blessings we'll have in our lives. But, 
But you notice that he gives his son to rise on the evil and good and reign on the righteous and unrighteous, uh, regardless of our behavior day in and day out. Not only our behavior, but the entire world's behavior. They, they, we all share in these continual blessings. And we, all, we ought to have a heart to continually to be a blessing uh, to really anyone we find. To really anyone we find, we ought to be a blessing. Now, again, there are specific blessings that come, you know, with obedience. Just like with your children, the, the more they obey you, the more they do what's right, the more you will entrust them with. And if they are disobedient, then you, you're not going to entrust them with as much. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father. But we do want to have a lifestyle of being a common blessing um, wherever we go, even as he is to us in many, many, many things. Look at verse 46. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? As Christians, all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. Um, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, if you're a Christian today, then everything you do in your life matters. And we won't all have the same reward in heaven. The only way we'll be in heaven is if we've trusted completely, totally, and only in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We've put all our faith and trust in him and asked him to save us from our sin and be the Lord of our life. Um, that's the only way you, you'll ever go to heaven. Um, getting to heaven by the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul has nothing to do with you or I at all. It's entirely about what Jesus has done and his shed blood and death on the cross. But every Christian will have a different reward in heaven. And Jesus says that, you know, you don't get rewarded for being a blessing to only people that bless you, right? You wash my back, I'll wash yours, right? That's, that's not how the Christian life works, right? You remember James says that the best Christian service is serving widows and orphans. Why does James say that? Uh, the end of James 1. Well, it's because uh, a widow and orphan can give you nothing in return. So it's, it's pure in its, uh, in its love. You want to be a blessing consistently to those who can give you nothing in return. And even in this case, Jesus wants you to be a blessing to those who are contrary to you. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? Verse 47, and if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Pagans are those who believe in false gods, right? A pagan is anyone who doesn't believe in the God of the Bible, okay? If today you don't believe and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, if you have a different belief than that, then that's a pagan. We believe and trust in the God of the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the Son of God. And the problem is oftentimes, as Christians, y'all, we can't tell the difference between us and the world, 
right? Uh, the world loves those who love them. Mother, A mother lion loves her own, right? If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Remember that Jesus loved us when we were when we were terrible, sinful people. He died for sinful humanity. And again, we need to, to emulate this in being willing to be a blessing uh, even to those who have been, uh, you know, a thorn to us, so to speak. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? True Christ-like love extends past its own. For many of us, we, we, we pour out this immense love almost completely, totally, and only on our family, generally our immediate family, and then that may extend to our, you know, our parents, our in-laws, but, but rarely does it go beyond that. That's loving your own. Now, of course, that's a good thing. You should do that. But if 98% of your love is extended to those who love you, then you need to make some adjustments today. If you love those who love you, if, of course, we should love our families, but our love needs to be getting beyond that. Our love needs to get well beyond our immediate circle, our immediate family, our friends. And we need to, to be walking in the love of Christ more and more and more outside of that. Because again, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? There's no reward for loving your own family. Uh, as, as you know, uh, Christians and non-Christians all over the world love their own families, love their own children, right? Uh, uh, there's a, you know, whatever there are, a thousand different religions, all of them love their own families. They all, they, they all love their own children, their own parents. That's common. That really has nothing to do with Christ. That's that, a biological urge in you and in me to love our own children and families. And as I said, of course we should, but Jesus said there's no reward for that, okay? Uh, for what you do for your own children. It's a blessing, it's a, it's a good thing, you should do it. But, you know, let's say you know your neighbor's children are struggling and you look to be a blessing to them. Now that's the love of Christ, right? You know that colleague at work and you know, there's something going on in, in her family and, uh, you look to be a blessing there, wherever you are. The opportunities are, are never-ending for us to be able to walk out these verses with Jesus. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? Okay, And, and, and a tax collector was, was someone in Jesus' day who would extort money in a, in a, in a terribly sinful way. They would, they would take more than they were supposed to oftentimes uh, from very needy people who couldn't even feed their families. So tax collectors were hated in Jesus' day. And he said even they love their own families. Even they treat people well who treat them well. Verse 47, and if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? You know, we, we want to be... Um, as Christians and disciples of Jesus, we want to we want to be men and women who will uh, who are continually looking to engage others and to be a blessing to others, um, and, and not just those people we know. Right? We want 
we want our love to to be extended and you can do this for some people it comes naturally um and I, you know i have a brother jesse who no matter where he is you know he can he can start talking to somebody and uh and and just and spring up conversation and smile and and just get, bring wonderful greetings and then we'll we'll talk to him about jesus and that's that's wonderful but we we do want to look to to be engaging to others that are not just our friends or family again so that we can uh you know we have we have greeters at church right when you walk in and and you know if if you're new they'll greet you and say welcome um and you know that's their job right their job is there to greet people particularly the ones they've never met and we find that here in this verse right um now obviously they greet the people they know as well but they warmly welcome uh the 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 people they don't know because it makes you feel welcome right it makes you feel like Man, maybe I'm a part of this church, right? But we don't just need to do that as greeters in church. That needs to be our lifestyle, y'all. Help me, Lord Jesus. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Again, people who do not know the true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they do all this. What Jesus is saying is Christians, you know, as those who have Jesus Christ living in us, we ought to have a lifestyle again of just of 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 loving and blessing and greeting those we know and those we don't our own brothers and sisters our own parents but but also all those we come in contact with and yes we even need to have a lifestyle of doing it with uh with our enemies or people who are at odds with us and and you remember when Jesus said, love your enemy, sometimes those you're closest with can be your enemy, right? Sometimes it can be your spouse, your husband, your wife. Um, you know, it could be parents, it could be siblings. You know, uh, your enemy is, again, just someone who is at odds with you. And Jesus is saying, you know what, go ahead and, and be a blessing to them and do good to them and, and pray for them. All right, in verse 48, there he is. Verse 48 really ties it all together. Right. He just if you just heard everything we said, our heavenly father does this perfectly. Every single one of these verses, God, our father. Executes these moment by moment, day by day, perfectly and flawlessly. Hence, Jesus says, be perfect. Therefore, Jesus basically said everything I just told you to do. I want you to do it all the time. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Lord, I. uh you, you know, Lord, there are no words for how imperfect I really am. Lord, you definitely told, you just had me walk through all these verses, Lord Jesus. And then you told me you want me to live them out in my life perfectly. Okay. Well, Lord, I, I don't know that if I could be farther or more imperfect with living these verses out. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us. I ask you to help us to, to, to really, to really have a lifestyle to live out the word of God perfectly, Lord, as you did. Lord Jesus, we know that you lived a perfect life. For 33 and a half years, Lord, you were perfect in word, thought, and deed. It's incomprehensible, Lord. Lord, I, I can't go an hour without thinking something or being irritated somewhere, um, saying something I shouldn't say. Lord, you went 33 and a half years 
being perfect. Lord, this is one of the most bold declarations of the Bible. Be perfect, therefore. And Jesus, we know you meant it. We know you weren't being funny. And Lord, we know you weren't wanting us to just walk around saying, yeah, but we'll never be perfect. Therefore, we can just ignore this verse. Lord Jesus, we know. We know all these things, but we know you've given us this verse so that we would really, really labor to live our lives and to walk out these verses, Lord. So we do ask you to help us to, to more and more and more have a desire, Lord, and an intentionality um, that we will not only love our neighbor, but we'll, we'll work to show love to our enemies, that we will work to be a blessing, Lord Jesus, to those who speak poorly of us or who curse us, that we will work, Lord Jesus, to do good to those who, who just don't like us at all, Lord, and that we will actually pray for those who persecute us, Lord, or speak poorly of us. Lord, help us to do this with an eye, remembering that our Heavenly Father has done all these things and he gives blessings every day, Lord, uh, on the evil and the good, on the righteous and the unrighteous, on those who are saved and those who are not. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive us when, you know, when our lifestyle of love is given to, to almost entirely to those in our own family and our own children and our own parents and our own friends, Lord, and those who all love us and our brothers, as you said, if you greet only our brothers, Lord, um, Lord, help us to have a lifestyle that's just more, just, just more loving and a bigger blessing and, uh, you know, just, uh, just more Christ-like in everything we do. And Lord Jesus, I do ask you to help us to somehow have a heart that although we know that we will not be perfect, but that that would be our desire that we would so much want to be like you, Jesus, that we'd so much want to be like our heavenly father, that our goal would be that to be perfect, the Lord, to be like our heavenly father, to be perfect, therefore, as our heavenly father is perfect. Lord Jesus, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.